You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Podcast, oh, tech fan podcast, I should say. I was just going to say podcast. It's, it's a little just presumptuous. Random podcast. Some, you're listening to what, a podcast right the, now. No, no, the podcast. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so this is number 463 of Tech Fan, and uh, we're going to do something a little bit different here. We're going to jump right in to an audio feedback file, file from John Nemo. Now, David, you probably remember John had been, over the last month or two, asking questions about you know uh, upgrading his TV getting something bigger, getting something better. And we had some advice for him. So we're gonna play that right now. And then, um, and you could just keep recording, David, cause I'm just gonna cut the feed and put it okay. in. Okay. Thanks to the excellent information from Tim and David, Mrs. Nemo and I went to our local Costco on a hot Arizona afternoon. A mature gentleman named Steve was waiting by the television display area and he was available to help us. I had done my research and I knew LG is very good and also that Tim had got an LG a few years ago. So I figured, this is great, this is very easy. I said, what about the more expensive, high-end LG down at the other end of the display? He says, you don't need that, you're not doing any gaming, your eyes are getting older, just get this one and you'll be happy. And then Mrs. Nemo appeared and said, what about talking? So I asked Steve, does this one have a talking remote? He said, no, this is a basic model of LG. It doesn't have talking remote. I said, well, we need talking remote because that's our criteria. Our criteria are 55 inch, good sound, good picture, easy to use, talking remote. He said, well, this one right next to it is the one I would get if somebody else was buying. It's a little bit more from Samsung, has a better screen, a much better remote. You can talk to it, has better sound, And it's a Samsung, it's a higher end television than an LG. Well, I had never seen a good picture from a Samsung, but we'll get to that in a minute. So I said, okay, we'll try it because we know if you get something from Costco and there's a problem, there is no problem. That's why we wanted to do business with them in the first place. I said, what about Roku? He says, none of our TVs have Roku anymore. All the Rokus have gone over to TCL. They have a sweetheart deal with them. And I don't recommend TCL because of some problem with Chinese spyware. And just in general, if you can afford it, the Samsung is a superior product. That's why we have it. I said, okay, we'll try it. How bad can it be? And I was thinking to myself, how good will it be? Because as I said, the pictures from other Samsungs I had seen have been atrocious. But I was willing to give it a shot. Maybe they've gotten better over the years. Well, I went out to the car and I flipped down the seats. We have a regular Camry sedan. And a strong guy brought out the TV and we tried to get it into the trunk and it would slide forward in the area that I had folded down. Except that the packaging was wider than the gap in the frame where I had folded down the seats. So he says, good luck, hands me a huge ball of twine and a scissors. It's hot, I'm sweating. I'm a little bit frustrated, but I'm trying to keep, not cool, but calm. So I spent the next 20 minutes very, very securely tying the television to the car, tying the trunk, which couldn't go all the way down because the TV was poking out, tying the trunk to the television, then tying the whole thing to the car again and driving home very, very slowly. It's only three miles and the last half mile is one of the bumpiest roads this side of the Grand Canyon. We get the TV into the house, I set it up, everything works fine, the talking remote works fine, I log in the Netflix and the Amazon Prime, and I realize it's definitely not a Roku. Samsung has its own proprietary way of dealing with media, television, and all the external services. So I figured, okay, there's still a Roku in our future. I'm not going to take it back and get a TCL TV at this point because I have had a Roku device for a long time. I ordered a new Roku stick because everybody says, get the stick. I ordered the Roku stick. It comes in a couple of days. I set everything up. Everything works fine. And the most important thing that I did was I went through every single picture setting in the advanced mode on the Samsung and I fine-tuned the image quality so it looks really, really good. It's a whole new feel 
than the Panasonic TV that we've had for 10 years. That was a 37, this is a 55. But the skin tones and the overall tonality of the Samsung is very, very impressive. So good advice, Tim and David. So I, on my own, turned it into a Roku TV, and we never use the native Samsung remote or the Samsung features. We go straight by turning it on with the Roku remote, run everything there, do our voice-activated Roku, and we're fine. We're glad we got the Samsung upgrade. We're glad we got the Roku stick with the talking remote. All our services are now working, and all the ones that were not included with Samsung, like Plex and PBS and a couple of others, we can easily get in to our watching using Roku. So I'm very pleased that our helpers here, our experts at Tech Fan Podcast, have got Mrs. Nemo happy because that was the whole point, so that she could have a bigger screen since we can't go to the movies for any time soon. And because with the improved quality of the image, plus the ability to do almost everything by voice, it's a winner. The bonus is the Samsung has a surprisingly good sound, even though I have external speakers on the sides that I use when I'm controlling it. When she's watching it just normally, like she would, she can just take the volume up and down, and the Samsung volume is surprisingly good without any of that bass distortion that we had with the Panasonic and the low tones, the dark tones of the skin and the dark rooms are fine. The highlights are not burning out on the screen. So we're very happy with the Samsung. And Steve gave us good advice. That's it. Long live Tech Fan Podcast. So that was John Nemo. Uh, obviously, it's going to sound a little different. I think he uh, recorded in an echo chamber. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you know, he used to contribute audio all the time back in the day at my max especially and um i think you forgot how to record really good audio there mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just teasing you john so yeah. a couple things um at the beginning first we're both happy that you guys are happy at the end of the day that's the only thing that matters yeah right that that's all we care about that you're happy um number two your guy at costco did not do you any favors nope you asked for a talking remote so he upgraded you to a Samsung TV with a talking remote. What's the problem with that, David? Well, you're going to use Roku, which has a talking remote. So you're not going to use the talking remote on the TV. Right. So you yep. you paid for a talking remote that you didn't need. Yeah. Um, he flat out lied to you about spyware and TCL. Yeah, particularly as um, about a year ago, there were some problems I suggested about TCL, but none of those problems affect any of the models with Roku on it because Roku provides the computing software, TCL doesn't. Correct. So from that point of view, you've got no issues with the Roku ones. Um, you know, that's a little bit of anti-Chinese protectionism right there, which is kind of ironic because most of the components in that Samsung TV you've got will have come from China. Yep. Um, it. You know, he, of course, is going to tell you that the picture quality is superior on the Samsung. Um, And you, of course, were dubious about that, John, because in the past, Samsung wasn't superior. They're still not superior. Um, When you look at the displays in the store, they've got the contrast and the colors just cranked to the max because you're under fluorescent lights and it's nice and bright and it looks better when it looks like that in the store. Uh, when you get at home with the same settings, that would look like garbage. Your eyes would burn out of your skull in about five minutes. Yeah, but the key thing <clears> is <throat> is getting a good picture. It means doing what you've done, John, which is going through and adjusting the settings to your preferences. And with modern TVs, you can do that in pretty much all of them. Um, and unless it's the very, very cheapest bottom basement TV, you'll end up with a picture that's far superior than a TV you've had for 10 years. Number two, um, the sweetheart deal with TCL, he is correct. Um, Now, I know because I've been keeping up on this that Roku worked with a lot of different manufacturers for a while. Here's the thing, though, John. Um, A lot of these manufacturers want to collect your data. That's what smart TVs do. And that's not to say that Roku isn't, but Roku um, isn't selling your information they're trying to do targeted ads yeah but 
They're all doing that. Samsung yeah, is also Sam- collecting your way Sam- worse than almost anybody else. Yeah, Samsung is really bad for it. I have uh, a Samsung TV upstairs in my bedroom, and I basically I've turned off all the stuff that, that Samsung... Because basically Samsung offers um, like their own TV channel and their streaming stuff and everything like that, and it's all about getting you to register a Samsung account yep. and uh, and monitor what you're doing. Which is, uh, yeah, it's kind of like, well, if, if somebody is going to do that, I'd rather it be Netflix or Roku who is in the business of selling content rather than uh, a TV manufacturer, particularly if they're a multinational um, Korean conglomerate who sell container ships and all sorts of other phones and all sorts of other things that they might use my days for. Yeah. TCL, um, is it the best brand out there? I don't know. But yeah. kind of the point of our feedback, John, was that these TVs are all so good and so inexpensive, it almost doesn't matter what you get. We were suggesting Roku because I think that their operating system is far advanced over everybody else right now. Which which I think is what John agrees with. He saw one took one yep. look at what Samsung were doing and said, said get me my Roku stick now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, and I definitely would agree with him on that. I mean that's um far I mean it's just far and away. All of even the Amazon one is uh is better than than what you get default in any of the tvs i've not seen any of them which good the only ones i've not really played around with is this there are some tvs that come with a google um a google os in i I don't want to forget i wouldn't trust that simply because google gives up on products every five minutes they're like yeah "Yeah." that's the problem yeah yeah it's like you know then you get an unsupported operating system on there forever well worse than that they turn off the back end and so all of a sudden the functionality disappears yeah and samsung is not as guilty, but they've done stuff like this in the past as well. But guess what Roku's whole business is? Yeah. The whole yeah. business is Roku. That's but it. Having, having said that, I think we do need to balance out what we've just said on that with the fact that, that part of our argument about going with the cheaper TVs is that these things are effectively commodity products. And yep. um, quite apart from, obviously, there is an issue with environmentalism and, and the impacts on the planet. But the reality is, is at the moment, you can afford to change these TVs every two, three years. And you're getting, you know, more than incremental improvements every time you do that. On the plus side, John now has a TV that it has two operating systems that are both collecting data from him. So. <laughs> no, he's not using the Samsung one. So I, yeah. hopefully he's And I'm sure if he's not using the Samsung operating system, which he is because it's booting up and then it's booting up the Roku. Yeah, but, it's not yeah, bypassing anything. Yeah, no, but hopefully it, it has no visibility of what the Roku is doing. So yeah, because I'm sure just, Samsung's tr- completely trustworthy in that. He's just using it as a as a monitor there, effectively an HDMI, HDMI pass-through from the Roku box and uh, the Samsung are, are locked out of the equation. Um, we, 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 no, we no, they're not. <laughs> um, so, however, however... Uh, He's There's happy. One, that, at the end yeah, of the day, that's well, all I care about. Not only that, I, he's, the, he's the, happy. The thing about the sound is important. If you buy a more expensive TV, you do tend to get better sound quality. Well, I think that's something that we said before, and we were talking about getting a sound bar, um, and, uh, you know, John's got external speakers, so that would be far better than, than even a sound bar. Oh, yeah, um, no question. But Especially knowing John and sound, I'm sure his speakers are way better sounding. Yeah. But but nevertheless, he's got the internal sound that's of a slightly better quality um, yep. than I mean, I mean our cheap TV we've got downstairs in the kitchen is we had to put a soundbar on it because it was effectively unusable with the built-in speakers. Yeah. They were so bad. Yep. They basically were all bass, no top end, uh, and everything distorted. So John, we were listening to your feedback. I was playing it over my speakers, and so David could hear it picking up on the microphone, and uh, we listened to it at the same time. And we love the story. Thank you very much. And we're both going, yeah. why didn't you put the car, the TV in the back seat? Yeah. A 55-inch TV will have fit in the back seat of that Camry, no problem. Yeah. I don't know why you spent 20 minutes tying it down in the trunk, which also, inherently also sounds terrible. Well, I, well uh, you know, I love Costco like the next person, but I think it's a bit much that the guy left you to it. I If, if I'd yeah. been working at Costco, I would have helped you out, John, Yeah. rather than just give you the twine and off you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. I hate the feel of twine. Ugh. You ever you ever yeah. tie tie? Oh, 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 it's awful. Yeah, it's got that. Um, it it basically it's it, it's in, if they took a really bad splintery fe- fence post and turn it into string. That's yeah, what that's twine feels like. Yeah. And every time you touch it, you feel like it's either ripping your skin to pieces or leaving parts of it behind. Or it's sucking all the moisture out of your entire body. Yeah. You're you're 
a little husk of nothing after you're done yeah, using coin. Maybe maybe police forces around the world are missing a trick by using handcuffs. Maybe if they tied people's wrists twine. with twine, that right. they would find it so uncomfortable they wouldn't resist. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also think you did yourself a little bit of a disservice, John, of only shopping at Costco. I get your Costco member. They make returns very easy. So does everybody else now. I, I think you probably should have shopped around a little bit. Um, Costco pricing isn't great when it comes to electronics. I'm a Costco member. Um, I sell cars under the Costco program. Yeah. So I'm very familiar with them. And I'm happy with Costco. I, I do like them as a company. And they do protect their customers. But Best Buy has a great return policy as well. And you should have maybe shopped around just, just a little bit more instead of taking one guy's opinion who's completely biased and giving you bad advice. Um, but that all being said, we're glad you're happy, John. Next time use the back seat for such a, a because it's a thin thing. You could have, you could have squeezed that in the back seat. No problem. Yeah. Um, I bought a new TV as well, David, yesterday. All right. There you go. Oh uh, no, sorry. Not yesterday. Friday. Um, so we have a TV, and it's basically what Julie uses in the kitchen. She spends a lot of time in the kitchen. Yeah. And that's kind of her hangout area. So there's a TV in there. And, man, we've had that TV. I don't even know how long. It is a flat panel, but it's like eight inches thick. Right. Okay. It, yeah, it's got that. like a four-inch plastic uh, bezel on it. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so about a week ago, she was complaining that the picture quality is going down, and I can see the lines in the TV. And when she first turns it on, the whole picture is white for like the first five minutes. She can hear it, but she can't see anything. So I'm like, yeah, okay, we're going to replace that. So that's what I did on my first day off, which was Friday. Uh So Friday, I fire up Best Buy. I knew I wanted to get a Roku TV, which means TCL. Mm -hmm. And so I found a... Her her concern is where the TV is, is limited space. Yeah. And that TV was a 23-inch screen because mm-hmm. everything else is taken up with friggin' plastic. Yeah. And it weighed probably 40 pounds. And it's wall-mounted. So I knew I didn't need, um, you know, the ability to be able to put it on the wall. I didn't need to get a new one of those because yeah. I've got that. It's already on yeah. that TV. So I uh, measured it, <laughs> and with the plastic, it's like 32 inches. <laughs> so I was like, well, okay, the new TV is going to take about the same footprint, but you're going to get a, a... Now, the difference between a 23 and a 32-inch screen is massive. Oh, yeah. It's just huge. Yeah. So I went out, I spent 200 bucks, got the TCL, 32-inch Class C LED. Now, it's only 1080p, but she doesn't need 4K. Yeah. Um, in fact, some of the things that I see her watching is in SD. <laughs> yeah, if you watch older stuff, then you get yeah. that a lot. And yeah. wow, you and the channels that she was. watches, she doesn't always switch to the HD version of it either. Yeah. Um, so 1080p is way more than adequate. 200 bucks though, for a 1080p 32-inch TV, I think that's a little bit higher. And if I would have got it on Amazon, I probably would have saved another 20, 30 bucks. But I needed to do everything Friday. Yeah. So I knew I wanted, um, I didn't have to get Roku, but because she uses almost just the cable box in there. Yeah. So, but that's what I got. And no, well, I get that because then when you're sat down in there for I can, reason, yes. and you want to watch something on Roku, you can do that. It's, uh, exactly. it's sensible. Yeah. And that way my Plex is on there, my HBO yeah. Max, my Disney, my Netflix, everything is in there. And so that's what I wanted. I wanted definitely one. And I could have gone the route that John did, which actually her old 23-inch TV did have a Roku stick plugged into it. Right. She never used it. Never, not once. And it was a little bit cumbersome, believe it or not, to switch inputs on that old TV. It was kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, and the TV sucked anyway. So I never really watched anything in there. So I installed uh, the new TCL 32-inch. Took me about half hour. Uh, I had to move some shelves around, pull it off the wall, unplug everything, um, take the monitor mount off the back of the old one, put it on the new TCL. I mean, it's a standard now, so it's no problem. Yeah. Uh, p- 
put it I, I didn't have to take the mount off the wall of course where the tv goes because it's still sitting there slid the new tv in place plugged everything in turned it on uh signed into my roku account and then it automatically downloads every app that i've ever put on any freaking roku box so then i spent five minutes deleting a whole bunch of apps that'll never be used in there or that i didn't use in the beginning with my roku account uh basically it replicates whatever i have currently on my roku account so if i log another tv into roku i get the same apps that i've already got um, yes, but I've got a lot of apps on the TV in the living room that I don't need in the one in here. Oh, right. Okay. So it was. It did its job. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I just right, didn't okay. want all those apps. She doesn't care about the International Space Station live but feed. If you've deleted those now, well, they, have they haven't gone from your living room TV? Oh, uh, I haven't checked. Yeah, I think you should check because you might find they've all I was, gone. I wasn't using them anyways. Yeah, Okay. So everything is set up. Everything's working. I signed into all my accounts. And then all the stuff that you can have different profiles for, like HBO, Disney, Netflix, I created a new user called Julie. Yeah. And so she can literally watch. She's not going to. She could literally watch anything under her own account now in the kitchen. And it's not going to screw anybody else's playlists or anything up. There was one. I'm trying to remember. Maybe it was Amazon. There was one that only recently added that feature. And it was really annoying because whenever I went to it before they did this, all I would get was favorites and guidance based on what the kids have been watching. Yeah. And it was really irritating. Um, I mean, Alexander likes. I think that was probably YouTube. Uh, no, I don't. We, I, we don't watch. Uh, we don't watch YouTube on the TV. Um, really? So you know, no. It's uh, so. I think it. I think it was Amazon. I think it's only about twelve months ago they added profiles to it. And before that, every time I turned the TV on, it was. Um, air crash investigation documentaries because alexander loves those and so all it would be was wall-to-wall air crash documentation uh, air crash investigation documentaries but don't get me wrong i, I like one of those again now and now and again but i also like to watch other things too i like the apps that when you launch it gives you um uh the little website. thing the website well, but you yeah. you aim it you aim your camera from yeah, your phone QR code. And then, yeah the qr yeah. code that's so much better all the youtube ones... doesn't do that and it no. kind of ticks me off and yeah, brooks the... uses youtube in the living room all the time where the big right. tv is yeah and so for whatever reason i'm not signed into it now she didn't sign me out but my account seems to be disappeared and i just haven't got around to reinstalling yeah. it but the problem is um i'm lazy you see yeah. So that's that's a problem. That's a, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, that's something that they should they should factor into their decisions. Yeah. No, I I like the ones where they give you a website, and when you go to the website, it says type in the code that's on your TV. Yeah, it's like a seven code. That. Yeah. Oh, or sometimes even less than that. I, those ones I find very easy, and the QR codes ones also. The ones I hate where you go to do that, and it basically it says, "Well, type in your username and password." on the TV using a remote and a square that moves around a virtual keyboard. Oh, I hate that. And, of course, nowadays, we're all... You, anybody who knows what they're doing has big, gnarly, non-rememberable passwords for for all of these accounts to stop them being hacked. And so if you have a 16- to 20-digit passcode that's made up of letters, numbers, symbols, yeah, and variations of, uh, of capital and lowercase, putting those in on a TV is... Uh, well, it's like a 10-minute job really really irritating yeah uh, there was one who did i'm trying to remember which one i don't think netflix has a netflix you have to put the password in but there was another one when the last time i set a tv up which was uh, probably this this new one we got in the bedroom there was one where um i had a really really long password and it wouldn't let me go to a website and log in on the phone and then send that back to the tv and i was just so frustrated with it I the nice thing with roku is you if you download the remote app uh, you can use your your phone to type it. Yeah. That's yeah. that's really nice. So it Even must have been, it must irritating. have been the Samsung TV because uh, I couldn't do that. Yeah. And I found out afterwards that what there is a Samsung iOS app that lets you do remote control on the TV, but the problem is that's completely undiscoverable because they don't tell you about it. And yeah. if you go browsing the App Store for Samsung Max, you'll find about twenty five different apps. Yep. And it's anybody's guess which one does what. I I I think I read about it somewhere. Uh, I managed to find it, I, and I've installed it on my. F- oh, that's no, that's right. I I had I had my Samsung phone, and it detected the Samsung TV, and then pointed me towards the remote app. That that's it. So, so. I do have a non TCL 
Um, the one in the living room and the one in the kitchen are TCL, but the one here in the my office, the computer room, is an LC, and it's just used as a gaming monitor or and my mini PC monitor. Yeah. That's all I use it for, so I don't care about Roku on that. Because it's sitting right in front of my computer, which, you know, yeah, I have yeah. access to all the websites to watch stuff on. Yeah. Um, I did like the Roku than that. There are some apps that are compatible, some that are not. But it remembers your sign-in from your Roku account. So mm-hmm. when I signed in, I think it was HBO Max. When I launched HBO Max, it already knew, okay, you're signed into your Roku account. You've yeah. already signed into HBO Max, so it just did it automatically, and I just had to add a new profile, which takes seconds. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. But I think the bigger, broader picture is, and it's what David said earlier, these TVs now are commodities. They're not expensive unless you spend a lot of money, like we warned John not to do with the Sony. Well, we don't know how much he spent on the Samsung. Yeah, and I, and I got a bad feeling that he probably spent more than he needed to. Um if I had what, to guess, what, a fifty. What price, what price is Mrs. Nemo worth, though? Really? I mean, she's Mrs. Nemo. Yeah, she should. He should. It. Yeah, mortgage. She's totally the, worth second, it. second mortgage on the house, John. Whole wall is a TV. You, you, you know what, I, Tim? John, you're listening to this. Now you're laughing. Yes. Tim is saying this like he wouldn't do the same for Julie. He absolutely would, if it was in his interest to do so. Here's my problem. <laughs> So I did all of this with her TV yep. when she wasn't here. Mm-hmm. She worked the concession stand at the football game. Right. And I didn't go because I don't want to go. So she came home smelling hot dogs and beer. She came home about the same time I was going to bed because I had to work Saturday morning. Yeah. So I text her, how's the new TV? Thinking she's going to say something like, Oh, the picture is quality. The picture quality is so much better, and yeah. man, the sound quality on this TV is really good. Which surprisingly, it was really good. I was surprised. Yeah. That was my concern. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sound quality was great on this little TCO TV. It sounded fine, especially compared to what she had before. Um, she was very frustrated and angry. Oh dear. Yeah, yeah. She didn't realize the like the living room. The whole TV is Roku. And the remote wasn't working. And um, so she complained. <laughs> well, why wasn't the remote working? She was using the wrong remote. <laughs> I didn't I didn't stay up when she got home. Literally, they yeah. walked in the door. I was brushing my teeth and went to bed. Yeah. I should have stayed up another 10 minutes to show her how to use the TV. Oh, oh put the or, other remote away if you don't or, need it. Yeah, or have one of the kids come down and show it to her. Yeah. So that's that's what you got to do. Is that's don't my leave, fault, though. Don't leave bad remotes lying around because, you know. Yep. That, that's one of the frustrating things about having lots of stuff is you have lots of remotes. Well, that's why I like the Roku because it's a very simple remote and they're talking remote. I do have that myself because you can yeah. buy the talking remote, and um, it works great. And I understand why John wants it because the talking remote you just say what you want and. Um, It'll just do it. And the more you use it, the more you get used to it, the better it gets. Yeah. So let's, uh, we got a, we, since we're doing feedback at the beginning of the show, we've got one from um, Brendan. You want to read that one? Uh, I do. I most certainly do. Let me bring it up on my phone. Now, this was talking about um, the iPad mini. Yeah, that's right. Cause, and uh, because I, I, I don't, I don't see the huge need for an iPad mini. Uh, to me, it seems like a, there's a reason that Apple took forever to update it, and that was because not a lot of people was buying it. We did, Yeah, we talked about this last time, and, and, we, and yeah, I suggested that maybe the, the iPad was, iPad mini was a second iPad for people who already had a bigger iPad. Uh, and you said you didn't see the point of it at all. So, uh, Brendan says, remember the words of E.F. Schumacher. Um, Small is beautiful. Any intelligent fool can make things bigger, more complex, and more violent. It takes a touch of genius and a loss of courage to move in the opposite direction. I'm not sure how, I, how violent an iPad is, but I kind of get the spirit of what you're saying, Brendan. He says, I bought a maxed out 2019 Mini, and this is my all-time favourite iPad by a long way. Even for my aged eyesight, the screen is crisp and readable. 
I subsequently bought a maxed out plain vanilla bog standard iPad, mainly for reading, especially on the sofa and in bed. I don't own a TV, hate the things, so I do a lot of reading. And I refuse to own an iPhone, which is in no way an alternative to an iPad mini. Don't get me started on why I absolutely hate smartphones or we'll be here a long time. Okay. For reading web pages, RSS feeds, and ebooks, the basic iPad is, as David pointed out, not only a fantastic machine, but also a fantastic value for such a high quality device. I use the more the mini more when moving about the house from room to room. It houses my podcatcher, Downcast, I'm subscribed to 80 podcasts, and music apps, C's. So it is my main listening device and my standby reading device. I use Downcast as well. It's yeah. I, I love Downcast. It works so yeah. well. I have Downcast because it gives me um, the number of hours I have left to listen to, but that's all I use it for. I actually use a different... I use Overcast for actually listening. So there we go. I would never attempt to use an I, I, any model of iPad for anything productive. That's when I want a Mac and a keyboard. The minute I have to type more than three characters is Mac time. The app-centric iOS is a POS for productivity versus the doc-centric macOS. Give me files and folders and a proper keyboard or give me death. I would agree oh. with that yeah. for the most part. I, if you have a magic, I have a magic keyboard on my iPad Air, and then I tell you, and with the admittedly not perfect files and folder support in iOS now, it's it's a pretty great productivity device, to be honest. The only times I, I struggle with it is when you bump up on the limits of iOS where the app you're using doesn't do something you do on a, on a bigger computer. Yeah. Um, but in terms of actually, you know, day-to-day stuff. And the, the advantage I have for the iPad is on my kitchen table, it's always there. I never need to go and sit somewhere else or go and grab another computer. It's always there. And, um, you know, with the Magic Keyboard, it's, it's a pretty sweet machine. Admittedly, that's not cheap, but uh, nevertheless. Anyway... Going back to Brendan, he says, If you told me I could only have one iPad, I would choose the Mini in a nanosecond, no contest. And when or if travel resumes to anything like normal, the Mini is the champion device. I used to regularly travel to Mallorca for cycling. Its lightness and compactness is unbeatable for travel. I'd I'd actually agree with that. Speaking of which, as an experiment, I recently bought a Kindle Paperwhite in anticipation of travelling long distances on trains, planes, Superb bit of kit for reading books and being yep. TV-less. I have a lot of books. I'm very impressed. All the best, Brendan. Um, I agree with the paper white, by the way. If you're yeah. reading, reading books, you yeah. are not, I don't care what anybody says, yeah. you are not going to beat a Kindle paper white. There, it is, yes, it's for only for reading books. And it does it better than any device I've yeah, ever seen in my absolutely. life. Absolutely, the the device, the battery lasts for a couple of weeks. Ever? Oh, dude, it yeah. just keeps going and going. Yeah, um, it, you can download the books from the from the store instant from the Amazon store. It feels store like you're reading yeah. a book. Absolutely, it's extremely light. Um, the uh, look of it is is so much better than a, a LCD or even an OLED screen because you haven't got that brightness. Yep. Behind. that's not what you want no and yet yet you still get good contrast they're backlit nowadays the late they've just released a new one that i think that does um uh puts more warmth into the light if that's what you want um and and you know the paperwhite is pretty good value for what you're getting because you are literally getting the best book reader you can buy yeah for uh for just over a hundred dollars my it's, i haven't yeah, I, i've got a regular kindle that i never use it's the backlit one as well but mm. I never use it because I haven't, I read a lot of books. I mean, a lot. But the problem is I read them, or I should say I listen to them in the car. Yeah. Because I got a 40-minute minimum drive each way to and from work. So I'm in the car for an hour and a half every day. That's when I listen to content. Um, And then, you know, when I'm home, I'm doing home stuff. Um, You know, when I have breaks at work, I'm I'll fire well, up TikTok or something. I'm not going to sit that, there and, and read. That's what I was about to say. The reality is, is that, is that most of the time, particularly those of us who perhaps are less disciplined, um, when you have some downtime, you pick up your phone or you pick up your tablet and you browse the internet, you read stuff on the internet. Yeah. I do a lot of reading all the time, but I'm always reading articles and stuff on the internet. Um, I tend to save my books for when I'm on holiday or something like that. And I know I can have a, a period of two or three hours uninterrupted reading and i love doing that and i have a kindle for that and i absolutely even though i have all these devices um i will always pack if i'm going on a journey and i know i might have some reading time i'll always pack my kindle as well as an ipad or a phone or something like that because i know that that is the best reading experience absolutely yeah so i agree with you on the paper white um yeah. 
And of course, you hate TVs. Okay. I, uh, I always find, though, that people who always diss TVs always kind of have an arrogance about them. Oh, I never watch TV. Okay. Well, they're fucking great. <laughs> the, the content is the best it's ever been. Look, I, I think... I don't want to put words in Brendan's mouth here, but certainly I think um, there is an older generation who feel like that because 20, 30 years ago, TV really was trash. Sure. Yeah, because there was a very limited choice and you had to get... You, there was no streaming. You didn't, you didn't get to choose what you watched. You had to watch what was on when it was on. Um, and... You know, a lot of it was of such low quality. It was very easy to write off the whole thing as useless. It's yeah. not like that nowadays. No. no, nowadays you can search out the content you want. I don't watch a lot of broadcast TV. I watch, I, I watch a lot of streaming it. TV. Yeah, yep. and I go and find the things I want to watch, and yep. I watch the stuff that I enjoy that I know is is and, high and quality. And all for television me. is yeah. now is a bigger version of what you can do on your iPad or your phone yeah. or your. You know, it's there on the. T- it's more yeah. of a shared family experience no, look, at that look, point. Look, I, I understand that that some people feel that the the visual arts, such as they are, you know, movies, TV, and everything, uh, just just basically are, are, are a bit non intellectual. I I would disagree with that, but nevertheless, 100%, there's there's yeah. so much content now that. And here's the thing: if there was something that you used to like, you can't watch it anymore. Yes, you can. Yeah. Everything is online now. Yeah, everything. The, pro- the, the, the problem is, is it, I, I guess for you know, for some of us, uh, if, if some people, if you are an avid book reader and you love to read books, then TV is just a distraction. And I think we all recognise the fact right, that there's, but- there's a surfeit of content down there, and, and and you can't you can't do it all. So if you decide to drop visual arts and just concentrate on the written word, that's absolutely fine. But I, where I where I struggle a little bit is the is the assumption that TV is just worthless. It's trash. I, yeah. I don't. I don't. That I, don't I can't. To that. that I don't like. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because people would have said that in in the early days of podcasting as well, which. <laughs> Yeah, which we're not doing much to disprove, but there you go. No, <laughs> kind of doing the same show we did, you know, going on almost twenty no, years. But ago look, these arguments, these arguments. I, I, you know, you remember in the uh, where in, in the eighteen hundreds, uh, people who liked opera didn't like music hall because they said it was lower class. Yeah, yeah, and then there were there there is a has been a time when. Um, you know, when theatre became more popular and more mainstream, then people said, oh, it wasn't as good as it used to be because it, it wasn't all Shakespeare and classics. It, uh, it was uh, becoming, you know, pop culture stuff. And then in the last 20 years, you, you've seen the rise of the these jukebox musicals, which, um, you know, use the, the, the songs of Queen or ABBA or whatever. And then people go, well, those aren't any good because they're not, all they are is recycling songs. They're not um, proper musicals like Rodgers and Hammerstein and everything. And, of course, back in the day, those popular musicals were being dissed for not being opera or whatever. So, you know, plus, plus a change. What, what's the quote? Well, I don't you know. know. There's, a, there's a French quote that basically says, the more things change, the more they stay the same. So yeah. That's kind of what so, it's going for. Um. We do have some news things, but none of it's really exciting. iOS 15 came out we two weeks ago now. Um, I've upgraded and c- completely forgot that I was using iOS 15. There's not a lot there, to be honest. Um, the notification stuff is completely new in, in, in the way it looks. Uh, I know Alexandra's told me he doesn't like it. Um, I'm not really bothered one way or the other. The things that annoy me still annoy me. Um notifications the thing that's always annoyed me about notifications is that i get lots of email and stuff during the working week and that first set of the most recent notifications you can't clear everything in the list by looking at those you have to scroll down to all the notifications and then hit the clear button there and then hold it down and it gets clear everything and you get rid of that i think that's stupid yeah, uh, but uh, uh, this is a bit of a theme now in the way that a lot of things in iOS are is that uh, they're undiscoverable and non-intuitive, and I appreciate that it's a very busy interface and it does a lot more things than it ever used to, but um, some of the design de- decisions in iOS 15 are uh, pointless and, and annoying. All the all the new Safari stuff I've turned off. Um, so my Safari now works mostly as it used to on the phone. The problem is on the iPad, it's like the Mac version, and you can't turn a lot of it off. Um, and on the iPad, it's substantially worse than it used to be. You have two tabs 
in on Safari on iOS 15 on the iPad, you can't tell which one is the active tab because one is a light gray and one is a dark gray. But you don't know whether the highlight is the light gray or the dark gray until you click on one. Yeah, they made it work way worse. Yeah, it's it's just it's just kind of balmy, really. Um, and it, it very much smacks of changing things for the sake of changing them, which is something that we always thought Apple would never do. But there you go. Um, some of the little fit and finish stuff is nice. You know, every now and again you come across something that that you kind of think, oh, well, that's a bit of an improvement. Um, but these things are, are fairly small and, uh, as I said, a little bit undiscoverable. It's not. It doesn't feel like a huge update, really. Um, what are you doing up here on the PS4? Get off of that. Stupid it's cat. the cat. Wouldn't be a show without the cat, would it? Uh, I kept hearing noise, and I'm like, where the hell is it coming from? And there she is. She's... The, yeah, the new the new multitasking stuff on iOS 15 for the iPad is actually very nice, and that fixes pretty much all of the problems I had with the old multitasking system. Uh, and again, as, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm using a Magic Keyboard on there now. Um, it's actually very, very usable like that. It's really easy now to have two or three applications on the go at once and flip between them. Um, I use a few different apps for work, and none of those broke, so I was happy. Yeah. Because that's a big deal. Yeah, of course it is, yeah. You know, and and I was a little concerned, and I think, like I said on Geek uh, Geekies or uh, Geeks Pub, that I usually wait to the point one or point two release on iOS now because I can't really afford my apps to work. But for whatever reason, I just took the plunge this time, and uh, no problems. So yeah. I'm 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 not dissatisfied. I don't use Safari on my phone, so. I do it every now and then, but I usually use Google simply because it's got on my bookmarks. Um, The couple times that I did fire it up, the address bar on the bottom by default is the dumbest design decision I've ever seen. Yeah. It's just stupid. I don't know what Apple was thinking. I I know what they were thinking. They were thinking if you're using the phone one-handed and your thumb is near the bottom, you should be able to... to, um, click on the on the address bar while your thumb is at the bottom one-handed but the problem is is when you click on the address bar the address bar then moves up because the keyboard appears yes right so for a start and then secondly because most websites have all of their um functionality chrome on the top yeah even though the address bar is now at the bottom every other website every other web browser in the world has it at the top so all the other websites have their stuff like their menus and any tabs and everything they've got in the website at the top. So having the address bar at the bottom is not saving you any effort because anytime you want to interact with the website, you've got to go to the top of the screen anyway. Yeah, yeah? it's and all, bad. And what, what also happens if you go to something like so you mentioned Google. So if you if you type something into into the address bar to search for it on Google, yeah, the search results and the ability to change those search results will now have moved to the top because that's where Google keeps them. Yeah, so if you want to amend those search results, you've got to go up to the top anyway, um, and it means you end up being confused about where to look on the screen. Am I looking at the bottom or am I looking at the top? All the time. It's dumb, and I turned it off. I, I don't understand why they made these changes. I mean, I, I get it, but... So, I don't know. It It's fine, iOS 15. I mean, I don't think it's anything to write home about. Um, I've been saying this for years, and I still think cell phones, for the most part, are boring. And I like this, some of the directions that Microsoft has kind of taken with theirs, but they're not doing very well with them, and there's problems with them. Um Samsung is just copying anything Apple does, or they go off on a tangent and make an awful product like the foldable phones. Ah, don't not foldable phones. I like the foldable phones. I like the concept of the foldable phones. I don't think anyone's done it correctly yet. Well, I think the Galaxy Folds 2 and 3 are pretty much there, to be honest. Mm. Every time I've seen one or played with one, which was just recently a customer had one, I I thought it was kind of crappy. It felt like junk it it didn't feel like a high quality product it felt like a gimmick it uh, looked t- it, it felt like a um a solution to a problem that no one's had yet uh, well Be- i think i think bigger screens is a problem and you know we've just had uh brendan talking about the virtues of the ipad mini yep. because he likes having a 
a small but large screen he can carry around the house. The advantage of a foldable phone is you can have that in your pocket, and then when you want a bigger screen, you can fold it out. Yeah, is it perfect? Is it as good as a tablet? That's questionable. That's debatable. It depends what your use case is and what you want to what you want to do. But I don't I don't think the concept itself is is uh, is completely broken or flawed and i actually think after the second or third iterations that samsung has kind of pretty got it down that razor i had i felt was completely down it was two years old and it was working fine it didn't break it didn't have dust in it um and it, you know as a concept it had some advantages is it for everybody no but you know you can, i don't think on the one hand you can complain that all phones are um all phones are slabs of glass and then the other hand when somebody tries to do something different say oh well that that doesn't work either i'm for them either, trying something different a, i'm a big either a slab fan of, of that. glass is the right form fa- well either a right a slab of glass is the right form factor for a phone or it isn't you know if it is then you shouldn't complain about they're all slabs of glass because that's the best form factor for a phone if it isn't then people are going to try something different and over time those are going to develop into something that either works or it doesn't i think that with um the latest certainly the latest generation of the of the galaxy fold and then they've got the galaxy flip which is the um razor style one where it just flips up i think sort of technologically samsung have nailed it now so then it's a question of of how people use it and whether they whether they make um, make best use of it. Uh, Microsoft has just issued the second version of the Duo, which isn't out yet, so I've not seen it. Um, by all accounts, it's much faster and it fixes some of the software problems on the original one. I hope they go back and fix some of the software problems on the original one rather than just expect you to buy a new one. Um, but again, the, those that phone, for me, has use cases where it makes sense. Um, and, uh, you know so different people like different things and sometimes people are going to use it some sometimes they're not um one of the interesting things for me is that i'm i'm going to be getting a new iphone in a couple of weeks uh is to see how having new hardware changes the experience of ios 15 because there are some features that just don't work on my 11 so um be interested to see what what those are like um but but yes this is definitely like the, the phone itself this is definitely improvements this year but it's improvements in certain areas it's not radical change so you a couple weeks ago got a wireless carplay adapter and you got the same one that um i had originally gotten gave it to a friend at work to use and you both say it works great uh yeah actually since ios 15 i occasionally have issues where it where my phone won't connect to it um and you basically have to either pull pull the adapter and then replug it in to re-get the get the connection going yep. again or you basically have to turn bluetooth off, off and on on the phone now i think that is some sort of ios 15 bug so i'm not getting too hung up about that at the moment we'll see how that one goes well i was feeling a little inadequate so another one came up for review um not the same one you guys have this one from mirabox it's a uh-huh. mirabox usb wireless carplay adapter it's about half the size and it has these cool here i'll put a link in so you can see it uh it has these cool red lines on it it's kind of stylish i kind of like it yeah um so i thought you know what what the heck i'm gonna i'm not gonna use it all the time but maybe i will use it sometimes so i thought i would give it a try and it's god awful yeah um it has and this was my worry initially it has the worst delay i've ever seen Mm-hmm. It's literally anything I do takes two to three seconds to register. And if I hit pause, one, two, three, now it pauses. Yeah. It's awful. It is just awful. And I was thinking that all of these are probably going to be about the same. Now, they're probably just a, a system on a chip that they're all kind of using. And, you know, it's just going to be form factor at this point. Not the case. This is no. a pos it's going to go in the garbage after well i already wrote a, a really nasty review and i gave it one stars on amazon awful product it i cannot believe how bad this thing is it's just like i see some slight delay but worth the convenience <laughs> um this is my review this is the second wireless apple carplay adapter i've used and by far i could not recommend this one while smaller nicer looking it constantly drops connections worse there's a two to three seconds delay from when you push a button like changing a song or clicking on the home screen before there's a response the delay is so bad i cannot use this at all i tried with two different phones 
and delays are present on both. And by the way, one of them hasn't been upgraded to iOS 15 yet. Switch back to the other wireless adapter and the delays will be gone. So do you think that might be related to the system in your car? I know you tried a different one and it was better. But yeah. could it could it be that, that this particular system is just more compatible with other systems in, in a car? Could be. It yeah. could be. I don't know. Um, but it doesn't work. This one just doesn't work at all. Yeah. So I, I'm disappointed because it was so small. I thought this would be cool. And I'll Velcro it like on the side and just yeah. have a cable coming out. And when I want to use wireless, I'll just plug that in. But no, it's bad. So. Yeah, my, I mean, mine is good enough that I never unplug it, and I'm always on CarPlay now. Yeah. Um, you know, and as I said, apart from these... Well, that says something oh, about the other product then. Well, yeah, absolutely. And this, the, the one I've got does have a very slight delay, but it's only about half a second, something like that. And, um, you know, once you're used to it and you can anticipate it, and it's that's only for pl- playing and pausing music, everything else is instant. Moving around the interface from my car is instant. Um, though I suppose that would be because it's it's linked into the car system then. But basically, anything I do on the phone um, seems to seems to affect it straight away. Uh, it's just playing and pausing music is is a bit a little bit of a lag, but it's not horrible. And as I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, if I plug my phone in with a cable to my wife's um, Toyota Yaris system, it has the same level of delay, even though it's on a cable for p- playing and pausing. So. There you go. Um, what do you think about the story about Trump is suing Twitter to get his account back? I think it's just typical more. Trump in particular, but Republicans in general, have this have, have developed this, from inside their bubble, this distorted mindset, which basically is anybody who does anything against us must be breaking the freedom of speech constitution laws. Um, but, you know, if, if we... If, if we, well, moving if we, it, moving it up beyond just politics, though, it, I'm wondering: can I sue someone so they ha- I have to because I want to be their customer? Now yeah, I know that there was that case that uh, a baker did not want to make a cake for somebody yeah, but, that was gay. But that 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 was because they were discriminating against a protected class. Yeah, so. The, the point is you are not allowed in law to discriminate against people based on the color of their skin, their sexual orientation, whether they have a disability or not. You're not allowed to do that because laws have been put in place to recognize that if you let people do that, they will do it. And it's just completely and utterly unfair. Right. This is different. This is about somebody saying, I want to be on Twitter. Twitter has uh, even though Twitter gave him so much lee- leeway, they eventually boost him off the platform and won't let him back. The reality is is that for all him saying he was going to launch his own website and his own media s- s- station and his own social media platform, he's fa- failed to do that since since he, he left office. No, and no, he, he did do it. It was just no, a yeah, complete but it, failure. But it was, it was a failure, yeah. So he recognises that Twitter is a, is a key plank of his success. And he needs to get back on Twitter because if he wants to run for re-election again, he needs to be on Twitter. Because when he's on Twitter, everybody can see what he says, even the people who aren't interested in it. And then they report on it and it all gets amplified. And that's how he controls the narrative. So he's desperate to get back on Twitter. The problem is, I think, Twitter now, having got rid of him and have seen that they avoid a lot of the negativity and a lot of the problems. They still have huge problems, don't get me wrong, but he made the problems worse. I don't think they'd be very... They're particularly willing to have him back. They have an excuse now in that he incited a riot that nearly uh, overthrew the government. And uh, they're kind of saying, yeah, based on that, permanent ban. And he's... You know, this, this lawsuit, you read it, it's a typical... It's the same sort of thing they'd be doing with the state recounts and everything like that as well. It basically comes down to, we feel we've been untreated unfairly because we want to do what we want to do. And if you don't let us do that, then you must be biased against us and you can't be biased against us and we have a right to speech. And they're making all these arguments about how Twitter is really a public square and all of this. It isn't. It's nope. only a public square when Twitter decides to treat it like a public square. Yep. And um, but it's not it's not legally a public square. No. Yeah. And they have no no. Uh, and and look, I think I think the problem is the Republican Party is is starting to realise now. I think everybody's starting to realise that the the wild west of no social media regulation is just not good enough. 
it's too corrosive to society. It very much has contributed to some of the really bad things we have in society today. And I, yes, I don't get me wrong. I know it can also do good things and it can give voices to the unheard and it can uh, be a platform to make change. And I don't want to diminish that. But I think the people are coming to the conclusion that the social contract we make to have unregulated social media is not veering too too well on the good side. It veers more on the, the bad stuff that happens is is so much worse than the good stuff that the, the, the benefit of the good stuff that happens. And so regulation is coming and all the social media companies know it. And so therefore they are now finally kicking themselves up the backside to say we need to get in front of this. We need to say rather than just saying we deplore any um you know any bad words said on our platform we need to demonstrate that we are doing something about it and i think twitter's strategy now is not letting the republicans grab hold of their platform again like they did during the trump years and so you know we i think anybody with any sort of a brain looks at these uh, the things that are being alleged in these lawsuits and say these aren't going anywhere because the fundamentals of free speech have not changed which is free uh, protected free speech is government free is is protecting you against the government affecting your speech there was a video there was a video that came out recently that's kind of blew up a little bit on both tiktok and uh youtube to a lesser degree and <clears throat> this was at the height of when covid was starting to take hold and um a, there was this community i cannot remember what it was that didn't have any cases and they were very proud of that yeah. rightly so good job yeah except they weren't practicing social distancing or wearing masks or anything like that they were just more of a rural area and it just hadn't affected them yet yeah. so a student um at a high school got covid and of course her whole family had it and she posted it on facebook that she has covid and uh, that she was tested positive. A sheriff's de- deputy came out, or it might have been the sheriff himself, came out and said she had to delete that Facebook post. And she said, no, I'm not going to do that. Why would I want to do that? And he says it's for the public uh, safety because your post is freaking people out and um, we, you know this isn't good for the community, so you need to delete it. And she refused, so they arrested her. And then guess who got fired? The cop. Yeah. The sheriff got fired, and she won a big lawsuit. Yeah. Uh, because that's free speech. That That is yeah. not the fact that it was on Facebook. That's irregardless. That's just a platform that she used. She can put a sign yeah. in front of her house. That's, the government is not allowed to come and say, you can't say this kind of thing. But it, yeah, I, I absolutely. But I, I think... It goes two ways, and and this is what the Republicans fail to realise. Yeah, suppose suppose Trump were to win this lawsuit, you know, in some alternate reality where, uh, you know, a judge one day takes a look at it and misreads the law, and then it goes all well since the Supreme Court, and they misread the law and they decide that actually um, Trump is allowed to go on to it, it, Trump cannot be banned because he's a politician from Twitter, which is basically his argument. He's saying, I'm saying important things and it is not fair for Twitter to censor me. Yep. And, it's, and it's affecting my free speech. The problem is by doing that, that would be the definition of um, a, of uh, abrogating Twitter's right to free speech. Because their free speech is to say, I don't want this guy on my platform. And that would be the government and the judiciary saying, you must have this person on that platform. So it would effectively be completely unconstitutional from the other way. And that's what, that's what they don't get, of course. It's like, you know, it's unconstitutional because we, are the, uh, we, we believe we are the only arbiters of correct interpretation of what the Constitution means. So, you know, it's going to go nowhere because it is legally, um, it's legally unconstitutional, quite literally. And just like so many of the other lawsuits... That um, that Trump has all of these uh, recount lawsuits and everything like that that have been thrown out as being laughable. The problem is, is that you know Trump is so he's so convinced of this stuff, and the people around him are such yes men, and the only people winning out of his behaviour are the lawyers who are yeah. collecting collecting fees off him and his supporters for for putting forward cases that they know full well they're not going to win, but they're going to get the fees for. Yeah, uh, I hate it when people get duped like this, but it's been going on forever, especially in politics. So, I mean, it's kind of a no-win situation. 
for a lot of people, you know. Yeah. I guarantee everyone that's a Trump supporter listening to this show has a thousand arguments uh, about why what Twitter did was wrong and he should absolutely be. And they would be wrong, of course, but yeah. that doesn't matter because they can only see the politics. They can't see the broader picture. And obviously, I'm not a Trump supporter on any level. I can't stand the guy. But that being said, if this if it was a true freedom of speech thing, I would defend Trump. You know, he has every right to say whatever he wants to say in these public forums. And I would fight for his right to say that, to get up in front of a bunch of people and say whatever the hell he wants. That is freedom of speech. But that, that, that nobody is threatening his freedom of speech. He can say what he wants, and he continues to do so. Correct. The problem is he wants to say it on Twitter. Right. You don't and have freedom of speech in my living room. No, exactly. You don't have a, you don't have an absolute right to go on a platform and say what you want with no consequences when Correct. the platform is a private platform. And we and don't. You know and what? we they put gave, limits on freedom of speech. You can't run into a crowded movie theater and yell fire. You can't do that's illegal. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyways, let's move away from um, Crazy Town. And uh, last thing we're going to talk about, well, two. Korea, South Korea broadband company is suing Netflix because they have some new show, which I, I don't know anything about. Uh, Squid well, Game. I don't, Squid Game, yeah. No, I, I, do, I have seen Squid Game. It's, um, it's any good or it looks it's, it's weird. It's pretty good. It probably is, it's probably is your sort of thing, really. It, mm. it effectively is a mix of The Hunger Games and Big Brother. So no, that's not that. my thing at all. <laughs> the, <laughs> I don't care uh, about either one of those things. No, no, I'm talking about the concepts behind them. It's effectively it's um, it being South, it being made in South Korea. It's in South Korean with subtitles. Yeah, it's like Parasite and other things. It's it's a pretty devastating attack on um, kind of some of the things that happen in the media and how the media can exploit. Uh, desperate people uh, and then really treat them terribly badly and in, in supposedly because they're, they've got to comply by rules. Effectively what it is, they, they, they gather a whole load of people together and they, they enrol them in a game show and they have to play children's games. The problem is if you lose the children's game, one of their guards comes up and shoots you. So, yeah, you know, it doesn't it's, sound it's interesting not, to me at all. Uh, um, anyway, so it's, it actually is a pretty good show. I'll take your word for it. But yeah. the broader picture here is this broadband company is saying, hey, Netflix, we're getting a lot more traffic because people are watching this content. You should pay us. I don't I don't understand their argument at all. But South Korea has been passing a lot of laws lately that make no sense. Well, look, they they've we we have absolutely no idea of what the politics of South Korea are. None. Why why they why they are. Um, pursuing what appears to be some sort of um, well, let's just call it. They are pursuing a lot of interventions into the tech sector at the moment. But this argument that uh, that you you use our wires to profit with your content, and therefore you should pay us to use our wires because you're using a lot of our wires, is is the net neutrality argument that we had uh, in the US years ago. Yep, and that ultimately didn't go anywhere because I think. People, yeah, it was what was that guy, the old senator? You gotta see the internet's just a series of tubes. Yep. Remember that guy? Yep. Yeah, it was the same thing, and and it was a, it was <clears throat> back then. It was a similar sort of argument that the uh, that was a ISP, very good southern accent, by the way. <laughs> it's a, just a series of tubes. Um, no, you went into Daffy no, Duck a yeah. little bit there. He, uh, they, they had been lobbied by the ISPs, who basically were saying making the same argument. I'm, I believe it was exactly the same argument. Yeah. Netflix is profiting, yeah, by, uh, by, by sending their data over over the tubes, and uh, it's not fair that the ISPs have to bear those costs without getting a cut of the profit. And it was just it was just a money grab, and it, it didn't go anywhere because the whole point about the internet is that you shouldn't have to pay. You shouldn't have to pay to allow your content to go over the internet service that's what internet service provider means you tra- pass all the traffic no matter what it is you don't get to pick and choose well I, somebody's making money off this one so i want a cut of it as well because that way destroys the internet yep and so um 
it'd be interesting to see where this goes in South Korea. And as I say, we have no idea what the local politics of this is and whether this is something that's real or whether this is just trying to make some sort if, of If statement. they win, if I was Netflix, I would turn off South Korea. Yeah, turn of them course. off. Then yeah. let the people say, oh, if this is good or not. Yeah, absolutely. Good, good luck with that government. But the, pro- the problem is, where does it end? That's the difficulty is, where does it end? Because then what? what uh, do you end up being charged for your email? If I'm emailing a contract to somebody and it's going over the internet right and that contract is for two and a half million dollars yeah and they're signing that contract and they send that out to me well i basically i've used the internet to uh, to create two and a half million dollars of revenue for my company does the isp get a cut of that according to this argument apparently they should now that they would go no no because you're not using a whole load of data but the problem is we are paying for the data we pay for the bandwidth and uh, you know, if you pay for, and we all pay for more bandwidth than we actually get. Most of us pay for a connection with a certain speed on it, 100 megabits or say. You can never get actual 100 megabit through it. Correct. And it's never that fast. It's always far less than that. Yep. And then we also pay for bandwidth uh, and we can buy unlimited bandwidth, except that <laughs> that's subject to some sort of fair use policy. And if we actually use our unlimited bandwidth, it suddenly becomes a little bit less unlimited because they'll throttle us or they'll send us a letter saying, you're really kind of using a bit too much. This is a bit too much. I, I don't, I've never understood how you can tell somebody who has an unlimited plan that they're using too much because that's the whole point of paying for an unlimited plan. It'd be like going into an all-you-can-eat buffet yep. and, and you know, sitting there and they're saying, oh, you can't eat anymore because you've had too much. It's like, but I paid for that's the That's what you sold me. You know, um, and so we all pay for the bandwidth. We all pay for the service. And internet service providers get a lot of money for that. And then they also are very good at exploiting government kickbacks and subsidies and all sorts of zoning regulations and everything. Yeah, there's no providers so they, going yeah. out of business. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They're all being, and they're all being acquired by other companies and conglomerating because yep. it's a very good business to be in. And yet they all constantly whine poverty and it's not fair and people are, are making money at our expense um, and it's no crap for them. So... Yep. Uh, I agree with you 100%. No, no sympathy. Can't argue. <laughs> yeah, no sympathy for that. And, you know, they turn off my uh, turn off my Netflix in Britain and Patrol. And what I also I can't argue with is it's the end of the show, folks. It, That's it sure it. is. That's, that was the show. We'd love to get feedback for you, like Brendan sent in. If you want to send us audio like uh, John Nemo, you can do that, too. That's uh, cool. Just upload it to your Dropbox or, you know, send me a link, and we'll play it right here on the show. Yeah. The email is the show at techfanpodcast.com. You can always go to Twitter or Facebook and uh, find TechFanPodcast there as well. TechFanPodcast.com is the official website, but we're also part of MyMac.com, the larger mothership. David and I will be back next week with a new episode of The Geeks Pub. Uh, new content coming out all the time we're talking about. And uh, we got to get back to our music stuff on the, on the Geeks Pub as well. We're going to get back to that, playing some of our favorite themes from movies and TV shows. Um, David, it was really fun talking to you this week. I hope you have a great week, and I'll see you in uh, seven days. See you then. 